Good afternoon and welcome to the Happy Half Hour. I'm Lee Cuban. I'm Sandra Priestley. Welcome to our podcast. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy Half Hour. (laughs) Gonna be good. I I know. I can't wait to see what flies out of our mouths today because last week was fire. Um, I am drinking, having um, non-alcoholic Moscow Mule. Nice. In your little yes. mug? In my Moscow Mule mug. Like you can't have a Moscow Mule without the mug. I feel. Okay. What are you having? Well, today I am having some peach water. Oh, yeah. I've got too much going on. I've got two events when I'm done. Run, right. So. And so I figure, you know, refresh my body with some water. Okay. What are we going to talk about today? I'm like uh, so into this dream. You yeah, oh my gosh. About. So it was a Sunday afternoon. I was taking a nap and it was a lazy day. And all of a sudden I am like on the staircase and can't really move. And I'm asking Paul for help, calling to him. But even my voice, I was like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And I'm, you know, trying to yell out and he's not hearing me. And so I talk myself through it and I pull myself up and I find my voice and I'm calling for him. And I go to our bedroom, which is in a house I've never seen before, but somehow I knew where the bedroom was. And he's gone. And I'm like, wow, he left for work and he didn't even say goodbye. That's weird. And then I go into the, the, like a guest room to call him and I pick up this phone and it's an old timey phone. Like, I mean, kid, like a phone from when we were children. Like with a cord. Oh yeah. You know, the little square ones with the thing that. Yeah. And this one wasn't a the dial, not the dial, it, but it, it, it the, had the it was, push tone ones. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking it up and I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to, where's your cell phone? Right. <laughs> and it was the phone that still lives in Paul's mother's guest bedroom. So I recognized it, but I had a thought like, why is Anita's phone at my house? This is so weird. But then I thought, well, it's kind of cute, you know, nostalgia. Okay. So. I'm walking, I guess, out of that room and I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I looked and my hair was long and I said, oh, you're having a dream right now. Like your hair is short. That is not your hair. You're dreaming. Oh my God. You can do anything. What do you want to do? woke up and it hit me like I completely remembered being aware of myself in my dream and knowing that I was dreaming and I just got the goosebumps it was like oh oh my gosh oh my gosh what does this mean what does this mean so I'm googling it right and what came up over and over again was a lucid dream And I've heard of lucid dreams before, but I never knew really what it meant. Me too. Yeah. I have to say, so I never, I never Googled it, but I've never had one. Mm -hmm. But I do know so many women who have, Mm -hmm. who have said like, 
I was in my dream. I knew I was dreaming. I like, I was so aware that I was dreaming. And I remember thinking, man, be so fucking cool. (laughs) I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to know that I'm dreaming. I want to know that I can just do whatever I like that. I can manipulate myself in my dream. How cool this never happened to me. And so then I didn't Google it. So what does it say about lucid dreams? Although not all studies on the topic have replicated this finding, others have found lucid dreaming can reduce anxiety and depression. However, lucid dreaming might pose a risk to people who experience psychosis. Oh, dear. Okay, here's what not to do in a lucid dream. Okay. Don't think about your body while in a lucid dream. Do not dream of real life memories. Don't look in mirrors in lucid dreams. That's how I found out I was in a lucid dream. By looking in the mirror. Yeah. Don't get excited. Don't kill people. Don't close your eyes and don't second guess yourself. I don't know about all that. That Why shouldn't I look into a mirror in a lucid dream? During a lucid dream, your mind can create and imagine anything you want it to. This means when you look into a mirror, it can cause a distorted image of yourself. Many people have reported it to be their worst fears or insecurities. Mm. Not my case. Not unless you have a big, deep fear of growing your hair. Right. But <laughs> I, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't find all the stuff I found the other day because I was on my computer and I was asking specific questions because I didn't know what it was called. So I'm like, what? what does it mean when you're aware of being in a dream while you're in the dream? Right. And everything just popped up with lucid dreams, but. What's super cool <clears throat> is that I like, I've all, I, I don't know. I love dreaming. I love from the time I was younger, mm. I have had the exact same dream interpretation book. Like I I've still got like have- three. I still have the only one I've ever used. I still have it from like, I don't know. I was probably 13, 14 years old. Wow. Like, yeah. And also find it funny that you and I both have dream interpretation books because one more reason we're the same. Like, isn't that? But I didn't do it at 13. The only oh. reason I have the books that I have is because I did a radio show years ago yeah. where I would interview different authors. And I interviewed her for different, her different books. Anytime I would interview anyone about their book, they would send me their book before I interviewed them. And she was one of my favorites, but it was phenomenal talking to her because I was able to ask her about this recurring dream that I have that I've had since I was a kid. Wow. And And when you talked to her, did you stop having the dream? No. Oh, you still have it. Mm -hmm. And I don't have it often. So every time I have it and I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go there again. (laughs) But it's an old, big, creepy house that I have to break into. Like I have to, everything's boarded up. So I have to like sneak in it, but I get in there and it's like three floors of just this amazing, beautiful, old, 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 old house. And so sometimes I'll move in there with my family. And so I'm setting up different rooms. I'm like, okay, the grandbabies can play here and the kids. And it used wow. to just be me and Paul and the kids. And now it's the grandbabies. And yeah, 
super cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, I get to go in there again. Yeah. I what I find interesting about the lucid back to the lucid dream. Yeah. What I find most interesting about that lucid dream is this awareness of like when you said, "Oh my gosh, I'm dreaming." I could do whatever. Like I think you yeah. said this before the podcast, yeah. but like I, I can do, do whatever, whatever I want. I mean, yeah. dream, I can do whatever I want. And for me, as soon as you said that, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, but you could choose that today. Quick. Yeah. You could choose that every day. You could yeah. do what you wanted. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe this was the message that you needed, right? That it was like, oh, wait, this feeling of freedom, like, whoa, I can do whatever I want. No expectations, no limiting beliefs, no bullshit that tells me that I can't. No worried about what will people think? Like when we remove all of that, we can literally do whatever we want every day. I mean, we have responsibilities, probably got to keep sometimes, but you know, I, I feel as though this is sort of a, a resounding message I keep hearing all the time. Like, I think I'm a slow learner because I keep having to get the same, the same sort of message all the time. But it's like this idea of like, hmm, but if you just stripped away all of that shit, what would you do right now? Right. Go do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel as though 90% of all of our problems are caused by ourselves. Yeah. Just our, and our doubt, thoughts, our own thoughts, our own self-talk, our own emotions that we lean in on and yeah. all of the like past traumas, whether that's a big T or a little T, like Gabby says, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much yeah. of like, what if we could live our life just going, huh? What, what do I want to do? do in this moment what, right here? What do I want to do? What do I want to yeah. say? How do I want to show up? What the fuck do yeah. I want to do? Can I wear my shoes today? Yes, I can wear my high heels to mm-hmm. the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But we, we limit ourselves and we, we say, oh, I really, really want this. But here's all of the reasons why I can't have it. So forget it. Well, and you had sent me an Abraham Hicks video. And as this spews out of my mouth now, I can't remember the exact details, but, um, (laughs) but the conversation was really around, like, I remember interpreting it in this way. You can either be right or be happy. Like, and I don't remember, like, Mm. I don't remember what she, what Esther Hicks was saying exactly, but that's the interpretation that I took on it because uh, Cam and I, on the inside of our cupboard, he had this quote and it was like in our kitchen and Mm -hmm. he had this quote and it was something like, um, I choose happiness over being right. And Mm -hmm. I might've said that in this podcast before, I choose happiness over being right. And I thought, oh man, how many times do we dig in and go, oh, I'm going to prove, we punish ourselves Mm -hmm. 
we don't take that step forward because we're going to dig our heels in to be right. We don't progress in life because we're going to dig our heels in to be right. And we will sacrifice happiness just proving we're right. Oh, yeah. Like, and so how many times it's like, you know, um, I want to, I want to, I think it was, she was talking about contradictory thought, right? So it's like, I want to um, lose 20 pounds in the next three months. Oh, no, I can't focus on that happiness because I, I know these are all of the things that would tell me that that is not possible. And I'm right. And so we physically stop ourselves from yep. going there and we start to manifest what we don't fucking want mm-hmm. stuck energy stuck energy stuck yep. weight <laughs> yeah. and then we're telling ourselves we're fat yeah we're beating ourselves up for it yeah and oh, then and, you know, we i can't eat worse because, right i can't lose weight because it's perimenopause yeah. i can't lose weight because my estrogen is low i can't lose i mean all of these bullshit things right where if I'm going to focus on my low estrogen, guess where my estrogen is going to go? It's going to hit the toilet. <laughs> it's just going to go yep. so far down because I'm creating it. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Wayne Dyer um, this morning at like three in the morning, actually. Mm-hmm. So I, Gotta love I him. know that I was really listening to him, but this stood out in my mind about how the thoughts about something can change the enzymes in your body yes and so it's not just bullshit this is like the way you think changes Mm -hmm. you physiologically yes yep and i think we tend to think that mindset work or manifestation is woo woo and i mean it used to be but it's it's not Right. But I hear this word all the time and I'm starting to like never use it now <laughs> because people use it to diminish it uh-huh. or to explain a little bit, like to say, I'm pretty woo woo. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, no, because manifestation, like what you think about, you bring about isn't woo woo is just science. Right. Right. And physically, when it can physically change the enzymes in your body, when it can physically change, even you and I, we talked about this before with weight loss, you will start to release the weight when you stop focusing on things you hate about your body. Yeah. You cannot release Mm -hmm. weight if you're focusing on shit you don't like about yourself. Right. Just like you can't get out of debt. If you're focusing on the debt. If you're looking at the debt and you're bitching about the debt and you're talking about how you're never going to be able to pay for this and you're so far underwater and the economy's so bad and oh my God, shut up. Well, Just be right. shut up. You want to be right uh-huh. more than you want to be happy Yeah. or you want to achieve what you want. Right. It's just contradictory thought. But when people are in the midst of that, that's not what they want to hear. No. And when you tell them you've got the power to change all of this, they're like, (laughs) yeah, well, and you know, I, I am that way because when you say, if I'm going to tell you something, vent about something, and I mean, I am pretty positive person, 
but I am not a perfect person. <laughs> so None when I am in something that I'm feeling deeply and I want to get out of it, like I want, I, or I, I don't like where I'm at, mm -hmm. but I think I deserve to be there. I think that I'm justified to be there. I am right. Yeah. Where I am. Right. Like yeah. Abraham Hicks said, well, you know, if you want to be right, you're going to be right because you're going to create whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And so when I'm in that space and then you say, but what do you want? It's like, I could throat punch you, in the <laughs> <laughs> but not truly, but, yeah. um, it's like this. Oh no, no. I need to get this out. I need to, I need to release this. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think so some of us, this is what I'm kind of toying with this lately. Um, I have a client who chooses never to write anything negative. Mm -hmm. Ever. She only will create what she wants. She'll, she wants to write manifestation. She wants to write all of the things she's grateful for. She wants to, you know, like do all of these things to escape her thoughts and focus on the good. And that brings the good. Okay. For me, I have always thought, I don't want to dig at the stuff. If it comes up, it'll come up naturally. So I don't want to dig at it and I don't want to mm -hmm. focus there. But when I do have those thoughts, I want to do something to release them. And so I think sometimes people can just either work through them to release them, or they can spend time just distraction in the distraction of what they want. Okay. You know what I mean, mm -hmm. I think, I think maybe people like there's two different kinds of people. Well, I think but everyone needs to release it. But we still want to get to the other side, the good stuff, yeah. right? Like I think both, there are people that just want to be miserable or right. like, <laughs> right. But I mean, the people, I, because I really have felt, I have been saying over and over and over again, if you have negative thoughts in your subconscious mind, you got to release them. So do what you need to, to release them and not roll in it. Mm -hmm. But this client of mine, she chooses to just distract herself and go to the positive thought, which is what Abraham Hicks was talking about in that video. So I thought that was, it was so intriguing to me. I need to listen to it a third time or more because the first two times I got something different out of it. Isn't it crazy? It, like, where was I the first time I, I listened to it and then I immediately started again. Mm -hmm. No, and I've got some of them that have been popping up over and over again. And I'm like, but I don't notice it at first, but there's a story somewhere in there. And I'm like, Oh shit, I've heard this before. How mm -hmm. did I miss this? Uh -huh. And it just makes me realize how you hear. So I can send you one and I could hear something in it and you could hear something totally different in it. Wow. And you could listen to it again and hear something different because what we hear is based on where we are in that current moment, like with where our awareness is at. And it's exactly. the same with experiences. Mm -hmm. We all have different experiences based on where we're at. Well, you and I could be experiencing the exact same situation 
we could literally be in the same vehicle and you're going to experience something different than me. Yeah. It's just like, how cool. <laughs> really? Kind of like, mind bending. It is kind of mind bending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool story though. Uh, Paul and Lily and I were playing with Easton the other night. I got him his new little magnets. He needed, he had a little set of them and he wanted some more. So I picked him some new magnets up and we're all sitting on the floor and we're playing and he goes, Geely, something just gave me an idea. (laughs) And my heart like did a flip-flop because I was wanting to go, that is your inner being. And that is where all the good stuff flows. Listen to that voice that gives you ideas. Yes. And he wanted to build this bridge. And me by myself, I mean, I was ready to sit down and try to figure it out. But it ended up that all four of us were sitting here with these magnets trying to figure out the best way to build this bridge for this kid. And he was helping and he had ideas. And it we all got done and it was amazing. Paul did not need any of us. Paul could have built a magnificent bridge by himself. But Easton got to say, oh, I have an idea. Get excited. Tell his friends or his family, because we are the only ones here. Yeah. And then they rush in to go, I can do this. I can do this. And it hit me. Like, I hope he remembers that moment and builds on it. Because we should be living like that every single day when we get that inspired thought yeah to not just go oh I can't do that because of this or because of this or get excited I someone just gave me an idea (laughs) and watch the people come in to support and encourage and and help us do it the things that we can't and what an incredible thing to learn at his age. I know. I like know. what you know, because I I don't know that I did. I, I know I did not. Mm-mm. I know I was not um at a space mm-hmm. where I understood. I I think I always knew I had like a gut feeling, but I thought that that was a gut feeling was more so my automatic safety valve it was like keeping me safe you know don't go there don't do this um consequential thought was like on fire all the time Mm -hmm. and maybe that's child of an alcoholic I'm not sure but I always did sort of just know things yeah but see I thought it was bad oh oh yeah I I thought thought it was was cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a bad, like, I thought it was super fucking cool, yeah. but I thought it was looked on like it was bad. Like I felt like, oh, something's wrong with me because yeah. I have these feelings and I know these things and everyone around me is telling me that things are, are different mm-hmm. than what feels they they would, they would tell me things. And in my body, my body was going, that's not rightly. That's not right. It's so interesting. I I don't know that I, 
I don't, I, I wish I could go back in time because I just, I would do things just, um, on like gut feeling. Like I didn't call it intuition. I didn't call it psychic. I called it right. my gut. It yes. was, I have a gut feeling this isn't going to be good. And then yeah. it wouldn't be or whatever. But I remember I was watching Oprah, of course, every day for, she raised you. She raised me. Yep. And, um, she had this Gavin DeBecker. She was interviewing author Gavin DeBecker mm -hmm. and he wrote the book, The Gift of Fear. And I bought the book. I did not finish the book. Okay. But I'm going to write I it down. The book and I found it really like that interview was incredibly interesting to me. Um, and what he, he was talking about, I can't remember the subtitle on the book, but it was like people who have had, um, were victims of trauma mm -hmm. and how they listened to their gift of fear and they didn't second guess themselves and that kept them alive or safe. Yeah. And so he talked about all of these different situations that he, that, that women, I think primarily, but people had gone through that, um, where they had experienced this. And so mm -hmm. he talked about the various, various situations. And I was just, I will never forget the one example and it's pretty graphic. So I won't say it on the podcast, but right. I will never forget some of the things that he said. I can hear the, even the words that he used. It is, it was one of the more impactful Oprah's like probably the thing that I, I remember the most vividly and right. But it was this like resounding idea of like, we all have this intuition. It is innate in us mm -hmm. and we have it from the time that we're little. And then yeah. someone comes along and fucks it up and says, Oh no, you don't know. That's, that's witchcraft or <laughs> like, you yeah. don't know, or we try to people please so much mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily think of like listening to our gut. Yeah. Over time, we just, we stop and we stop. have to get this book. Yeah. It was like, because I can think episode of Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can think of of two times I had a very traumatic thing happen to me when I was about eight. And there was a lot of blame and a lot of like, how did I bring, how did this eight-year-old child bring this on herself? But in the eight-year-old body, it was, I did this. I made this happen somehow. Mm -hmm. But... It was awful. It was traumatic. But when I was, it was probably a year later coming home from school, someone tried to get me to get in their car, mm -hmm. like a man tried to get me to get, I don't remember what the excuse was, but he opens the door and I start running, which I never would have done before because yeah. you listen to adults. Mm -hmm. when they are asking you for something. And then when I was 10 living at my grandma's house, maybe I was 11, I don't know. I'm riding my bike around the neighborhood and this van pulls up and there are two men inside the van and 
they're like, we're looking for this address. Can you just hop in the van and oh show God. us where this house is? And we'll give you 20 bucks for your time or something like that. Maybe it was 10 bucks. I don't know. And let me just tell you that I never got on my bike and ran so fast. I mean, yeah. like I was gone. Yeah. And I've always wondered, like, because there was, I was, I was afraid, mm -hmm. but it was almost like a, oh, hell no. Mm -hmm. Like, and so that book kind of speaks to me. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm mm -hmm. sure the book is great. <laughs> I, You're like, I, I'm like, pretty sure I read the footnotes. <laughs> I bought it, <laughs> but I, I just, I, there was something about it. There was something about that interview. I mean, I'm telling you, I have watched how many years was Oprah on 25. Okay. I mean, I've watched probably almost every single episode because there was nothing else to watch in the freaking eighties. I mean, it was like four o'clock when I get home from school, Monday through Friday. Like I only had two channels in the country up in here. And, and I'm, you're lucky that you had Oprah because Oprah was the gateway to a lot of this new thinking that we have. So true. Because she took the woo-woo yeah. and made it normal. She did. She mm -hmm. And she did that with feng shui for me. Yeah. She did it with a lot of stuff mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So thank I, you, Oprah Winfrey. Thank you, Oprah Winfrey. Right. I know. You changed our lives. Was it, was the one that I sent you today, the one where Esther needed her view back? Yes. Okay. That's that what I wanted so to talk. Too. That's what I want to talk to you about. So when she was talking about how she wanted her view back. People came out, trimmed the trees. She gets there. She has her view back. She's so excited. But now there's a man in a suit with a phone taking pictures of these stumps that she thinks that her crew just tore down on his lot. And she's going to confess and all the stuff. And then it comes out that none of that even happened. They cleaned up her view. That man was out there for whatever reason. Yeah. And she made the whole story up. Yeah, because and she couldn't he, see anything else. Right. Like she said, she, when they cut her trees down, then she was able to see right. stumps that they had cut down themselves. But she was like, it was so funny because she said, like, am I going to jail? We're cutting the, my neighbor's trees down. Right. And she had, yeah, she's like, like, the gig is up. <laughs> yeah. And it was so interesting because she had so convinced herself yes. of this probable story. Like, and what I liked about it, she's like, she went to, to lunch with the same friend that she was to lunch with before when the whole mm -hmm. tree happened. And her friends said that they couldn't have done that. Like, where would all we weren't gone that long? We're like, they, we weren't gone that long. Where's the debris? The trees that they did cut down, they just left them sitting there. So, where's the debris of those trees? Like, that couldn't have happened. And she went, Oh, <laughs> but the message was so, so much so about we create 
bullshit stories yeah all the time based on and then act like they're real act like they're real and it feels like they're real in our bodies and plan out like the most uh, how am I going to fix this the panic goes oh man how many times I do this Mm -hmm. it's a lot yeah it's a lot (laughs) so but it made me feel good that Esther does that and then it made me laugh yeah because I'm like you you do that all the time not all the time but but I do that and it doesn't feel good in the body. No, it does not <sighs> at all. Our inner being does not love the stories. No, our inner. Yeah. And to me, I'm going, is Abraham not saying Esther, stop making up stories. Right. You know, like, right. come Abraham, on, Abraham. Abraham needs some content. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham, let's talk. <laughs> But on that note, we're out of time. We are. (laughs) This was fun. Yes, thank you. This was awesome. And thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday on the Happy Half Hour. Bye. Bye.